your uh, invoking of the Oregon Trail is very impressive, folks. That's I'm already I know I'm on the right show. Okay? <laughs> got that disc, so, that floppy so, disc. <laughs> it had the floppy disc, and no matter what happens, no matter what you did, you can be so successful, you can be so careful, but you're always going to have somebody that dies from dysentery. So, yeah. well, so, yeah. Sally, Sally, Jenny, whatever, cannot make it west of the Mississippi. Get ready for the uncloseted conservative hour you've been waiting for. No censors, no fake news, just facts and the freedom to speak them. Friends, if you are still in the conservative closet, I've got one question for you. Why? We've sat in silence. We've been on the sidelines for years. How has it been working out? That's why it's an uncloseted conservative revolution right here, right now. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host and the original uncloseted conservative. If I'm new to you, welcome. This is not one of the shows uh, like the shows that you're used to. Not a safe place. Here, trigger warning means that the range is about to go hot. Uh, guys, The Joe Mobley Show is presented by Birch Gold. If you haven't heard about Birch Gold, then you need to. There's no time like the present. If bite inflation is the problem, Birch Gold is very likely the answer. They've got a free gift for you. All you got to do to get it is text Mobley to 989898 to get your no obligation free gift and get started investing in precious metals. IRA today, guys, it's tax sheltered, just like your 401k, just like your IRA. All you got to do is text Mobley to 989898. Mobley is spelled M-O-B-L-E-Y. Text Mobley to 989898 today for your free gift. All right, guys, today we are speaking with J.D. Rucker. He's the host of the J.D. Rucker Show. He's the editor-in-chief of The Knock Report, uh, co-founder of the Freedom First Network, and honestly, uh, a, just a great American patriot. I mean, his his resume is pages and pages long, but you know, uh, this guy might be a slacker. I think that he could do more. We're going to be talking about the state of disunion in our nation, uh, what shortages are on the horizon, what it means to you, and what, if anything, can be done uh, to stop the collapse of the republic. Guys, all that more, and it all starts right now. JD, welcome to the stream. How are you? Good, sir. Well, good, good. Thanks for having me, Joe. Of course. So, you know, doing interviews, I'm doing the show research, and there's thing after thing. I mean, just all the accolades. You, you're clearly a slacker. Uh, you know, I, I think that you could be doing more to save the republic. So you've started a dozen organizations, <laughs> and you edit this, and you write for that. I I just think that you're resting on your laurels. There's probably more uh, that you could be doing. I mean, are you a committeeman? <laughs> like, are you running for something? Uh, seriously, all jokes aside, so good to have uh, guys like you. Guys, if you're not subscribed to all of uh, JD's things, he's on Rumble, 
Uh, he's got a Substack. Let's get that Substack link out there. I think it's just your name. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, jdrucker.substack.com. Uh, Links are going to be below as well as on stream. And go ahead and give him a follow. Um, are you at JD Rucker on all platforms or most? I yeah, think. pretty much. I think awesome. so. And awesome. Gab, Getter, Truth Social. I'm pretty sure I've got a, a parlor. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if I I'm don't still do much on. Facebook. Yeah, I don't know if I'm still on parlor. Hey, I'd like to not do much Facebook. If you're watching this on Facebook, guys, come on over to Rumble or, or get on Getter. I get it. Some of you are like, oh, these platforms or just right wing. That that's not true. They're they're not truly siloed. Um, Twitter, I, I think Twitter's more siloed than uh than like a getter or uh truth social is pretty siloed. Uh not gonna Gavin lie. Gavin Newsom just joined. Gavin Newsom just joined really? Truth Social. Wow. Yeah. How Gavin Newsom is, is out there. He says he's <laughs> going to be fighting disinformation. Oh my gosh. He's probably just vying for uh He's probably just vying for, you know, the new Ministry of Truth because that that thing uh, is all but dead. They they are not. I, I think that they might have driven themselves underground. Uh, but speaking of Gavin Newsom, let's throw this up here. Guys, things are not looking good. We keep saying a red wave is coming and, uh, you know, loony liberals like to say that that's fake news. Uh, well, here are some some facts, you know, CNN would call these alternative facts, uh, but these aren't polls. These are election results, okay? These are primary results. Things are not looking good. Do you think that we're going to see a red wave or do you think we're going to see uh, 2020, uh, you know, 3 a.m. anomaly type situation this uh, this fall? It's so hard to predict. Anybody who says they know for sure is, is wrong. <laughs> but I would say that the voters, there's definitely an extraordinary red wave that's coming from the voters. The question is, are the voters going to be heard or is it going to be 3 a.m. all over again? We'll see. We will see indeed. Uh, so one of the things I want to talk about, I watched a couple of your videos about this very thing. Um, but, you know, this this is a handful. If you're watching on screen, this is just... 34 of these food processing plants, uh, the dates and the name of the place and some of the events that have happened. But truly, this list has toppled. It, it's gone over 100. We're talking, we're talking fires. We're talking property damage. S several of these plants have had random planes crash into them. And then, you know, it's a total uh, structure failure and the place just kind of burns down. Um, you know, I think it was last week there were some uh, 300 million eggs uh, and and hundreds and hundreds of chickens uh, lost. Like this stuff is real. What what are your thoughts about what's going on with uh, food processing in the U.S. and these anomalies again? <laughs> these 3 a.m. style anomalies. Yeah, it's. Joe, it's clearly, clearly, 100% certainty, this is sabotage. No doubt in my mind, okay? But back when it was, when the number hit 16, this is a couple of months ago, when the number hit 16, I started doing my research and I started looking a decade back in the news, okay? Um, for a decade, there had not been 16 food processing plants that had gone down. And at that point, when I started doing my research, it had only been six weeks since those 16 had gone down. The next day, it jumped to 17, and within three days, it was up to 22. 
I even got fact checked on Snopes. I, one of them, Snopes or or whatever, or whoever the fact checkers are. It's a badge of honor. Or, yeah, they they fact checked me, and they're like, they're like, no, you know, it's actually a common occurrence. And I'm like, except they didn't show any actual previous occurrences. You know, um, they they hit me on. It's funny you mentioned the, the planes. They hit me on that one. That was the big the big um, thing. Is like, well, actually, the plane that he's referring to crashed near the food processing plant and didn't actually damage the food facilities. I'm like, whatever, you know, that's, that's, oh, it must be false because of that. <laughs> Bottom line is to answer your question directly, this is hundred percent certainly the sabotage. I don't know if it's the Russians. I don't know if it's the new world order, the world economic forum. I don't know if it's the Biden regime. You, you couldn't put it past them. Could be domestic people, could be a, a combination of people, but there's one thing that is for certain. And that is this, that they are trying to, and they are accomplishing the goal of ending food security here in the United States, of making it to where American citizens are going to either have their own food, farming or whatever, you know, or stored away food, or they're going to be in bread lines. That's it. You, you, you make a choice. Bread lines, because your grocery stores are not going to have food by this time next year, maybe next month, maybe in, in two years. I don't know the time frame, but I know this, that they are working very, very hard to make sure that cows, chickens, grain, crops, everything is going to be depleted at some point in the near future. Yeah, guys, if you haven't seen, like, people are saying this is Photoshop, this is not Photoshop. If you're if you're a visual uh, participant, you know, hundreds of cows here, and, you know, that may, they just died of natural causes. Maybe they all got COVID. I don't know. Maybe they all got the Fauci-ouchie. Um, and for the trolls online saying, uh, look at how neatly stacked up they are. Yeah, it's called a forklift. You don't just leave them uh, out on the farm. But this is this is what we're talking about. You, know, you talk about this on online and you get fact-checked. You can see this is a classic don't believe your lying eyes situation. And these shortages are going to go beyond food because we're, we're heading into a time where uh, and there, there was a farmer who just went, I think, viral on TikTok yesterday. So this clip's probably going to be really making rounds today, tomorrow, over the weekend. Um, but she was explaining, uh, and maybe I'll pull the clip if I can find it, but she's explaining that, hey, this situation is not going to get better. It's going to get much worse. I, I don't know about the coming weeks and months, but a year from now, two years from now, uh, this economic disaster and this food disaster is permanent. There's no way, just like your gas. I used to fill up my stupid little Ford Focus for 20 bucks, and now it's 57, 60 bucks. The minivan is, you know, over 100. Just like you're feeling that, to feed these cattle, to, to support the infrastructure of the farm where you get your food, whether it's a big processing plant or a smaller, more localized one, they've got to get food for the cattle. They've got to get supplies to take care of the land, to take care of the chickens and the goats and they, and all that stuff. Their costs are going through the roof and that cost is going to go through to you. It is a lie. And I would get taken down from YouTube just for saying this. It is a lie that inflation is at 8.6%. That is a lie from your government to your ears. How is it that my gas has doubled in price? Doubled but inflation's only 8.6%. And it's happening with the food. So I, I don't think that JD's fear, you know, mongering here. In, in one of your videos, you talked about this is going to bleed through to water, to food production. 
to medicines. And when I heard you say that, I was like, we are preaching the same gospel. Like you got to get medicines. It's going to turn into an organ trail situation. You know, you were, you're, we're going to be losing family members from simple illnesses because we can't get access to the medications because of this nonsense supply chain. Uh, so I think things are going to get worse before they get better. What, what's your outlook on, on the whole of it? You know, you can talk about the water, you can talk about the food, the drugs. Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen? What's in store for us? Well, first and foremost, let's just state for the record that your, your uh, invoking of the Oregon Trail is very impressive. Folks, that's, I'm already, I know I'm on the right show. Okay? <laughs> Got that disc, so, that floppy so. disc. <laughs> it had the floppy disc, and no matter what happens, no matter what you did, you can be so successful, you can be so careful, but you're always going to have somebody that dies from dysentery. So, yeah. well, so, yeah. Sally, Sally, Jenny, whatever, cannot make it west of the Mississippi. Like that, <laughs> yeah, that little six year old girl was not going to see one state west of the Mississippi River. In, and the, we, we laugh because of the historical reference here, and except that it's not far from the truth. You know, it's funny because you said, you know, you think you're not sure about weeks or months, a year. The only reason that I don't put times or dates is because we don't know what they'll do to accelerate or what they'll do to hold back. Before we get into the details, as far as you know, food, water, medicine, all that stuff, I want to be very clear about something. You know, the way that I view this, and again, this is not based upon some conspiracy. This is not based upon even really facts. This is really more along the lines of I'm trying to think along the the same wavelength as the evil globalist elites. And the way that now, I look at for, it is, they're, for you liberals out there, he's he's say, he's invoking logic and reason. Okay, try and hang on. Just try, just try and hang on. Put on if you need a few tinfoil hats, go ahead. But the way that I look at it is this: they have one goal. They being this the globalist elites, they have one primary goal for us, for America. Okay, and that goal there's there's a risk factor with that goal. Okay, their goal is to bring us down, to make it to where just as as Klaus Schwab has been talking about for five decades, as the Club of Rome has been talking about for five decades, Henry Kissinger, they want to bring us down to regional powers versus a single or even a dual uh, superpowers. They would like it to be regional. So you got North America power, you got, you've got all these 10 regions, okay? This is, this is how they've they wanted to divvy up the world. And this way they can cooperate better. It's easier for centralized control, even though you're decentralizing the control between these 10. Okay, so with that in mind, so their goal is to bring America down to a level to where we're equal with everybody else. But the risk there is that if they try too hard, if they push too hard, too fast, they might take us down below that, that magic number and completely destroy us. So right now, what we're seeing is essentially them attempting to normalize scarcity, normalize poverty, and, and as much, I guess you could say, I mean, dependence on government as possible. Now, again, if they push too hard, then they're going to make it to where we go into martial law, mass chaos, anarchy, and streets, cities burning, people dying, okay? And if, they, if that happens, the way they look at it, they being the globalist elites, it's like, eh, that kind of sucks, but oh well, you know, we'll find somebody else to fill that. I guess, I guess Canada is going to foot the bill on, on that particular region or maybe Mexico or whoever. But the point is that they know that there's a possibility. They're trying to normalize this scarcity so that when, when we're out there and we're realizing, wow, we can't even go to, is, is it grocery store day? Am I allowed to go in there today? Do they have food? Do they have any of that 
the uh, whatever you want to call um, cricket burgers or whatever Bill Gates wants to sell us? You know, what do they have? And if they have nothing, then we're screwed. And if they have something, we're still screwed because it's cricket burgers, and I don't want to eat cricket burgers. Hey, so, look, when when I think health, like the spitting image of health is Bill Gates. I mean, that physique, like I would, I would oh, be man. honored. <laughs> you know, the funny part is the guy's probably hasn't been jabbed with with any any actual vaccines that go out to the people he's trying to inject. He, he himself probably hasn't been jabbed for decades. Yeah, um, not a chance. No, no. So. <laughs> No way. You can, that's for everybody else, not me. So you're right. There is going to be a domino effect. What you're seeing with the with the cattle, what you're seeing with the chickens. Okay, bird flu. Uh, one of the uh, first clues to me, as far as how I knew this was a manufactured series of events, is how the bird flu was spread. We've seen bird flu in the past many times, as a matter of fact. And when bird flu spreads, it spreads. So you got you got a chicken you know, a chicken farm, and maybe they, they get some bird flu from a pigeon, and that pigeon, or another pigeon comes by, catches it, and then goes to another farm 10 miles away and chatting with the hens or whatever, and then they catch it, and, and so it spreads from farm to farm in a localized area. What we're seeing with this, what I believe to be a manufactured bird flu, is that it start, it's in a farm in Iowa, and then a couple of weeks later, it's in a farm in Kentucky, and then a couple of weeks later, it's in Minnesota, and it's continuously being spread in ways that certainly seem artificial. And we've never, and again, following this for years, we've never seen anything like this in the past. The way that it's being spread seems to be very similar to, okay, so go hit this farm, go hit this farm, you know, sprinkle some some bird flu dust on those guys over there. Let's let's not forget the turkeys, get the turkeys over there in Idaho. That's what seems to be happening. Now, what we're going to find is that as, you know, the way that our infrastructure is set up here in the United States, it's not great. But it's, it's been good and it's been effective for, de- for decades. We're working on the same basic infrastructure of, of you know, internalization, of being able to take uh, items from here, move them via train, uh, rail, or, or trucks to here. And it is nice, big, we've got tons of resources, easy transportation, decent roads. We can get stuff to other places. Once you start having the shortages, and especially once you start having, or we're already seeing today, which is like the, the rise in the cost of diesel. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting to, well, okay, so that well, they're going to be paying more to ship it, so now they got to charge us more, and they're already charging us more for other things. And then, as you said, 8.6 is a incorrect number. It's definitely not 8.6% inflation. So, yeah, it's just all going to collapse. So, again, going well, back my, to what I my, said earlier. My gas only is 8.6% more expensive. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Maybe 86 dollars more expensive, but yeah, no, it's up there. I'm, hey, brother, I'm not in California. I don't. I, whatever you guys are paying, I don't feel bad for you. So, uh, I was paying seven bucks a gallon like like a month and a half ago. So, yeah, but Man. it's good because I'm I'm on keto, and now I just walk everywhere. <laughs> you know, I've lost thirty pounds since this, the gas prices came. This out. is not a joke. Like I see stuff. It's hard to tell, and I'm glad there's that new account, not the B. It's hard to tell if something's like a Babylon B, like bullcrap article, or that's just comedy, or if it's real. Uh, but I saw one like weeks ago, and it said that the secondary market for bicycles has exploded. Like used bikes have gone through the roof. Uh, 
That is not a Babylon B. I, I looked it up. I got all over Facebook Marketplace and I'm like, wow, you know, my bike down in the garage is like a gold brick now. I can sell it for triple its value. And it's because people are literally, I've seen more people out with skateboards. I'm getting ready to, to see some people like roller skating, like bring back the 70s and 80s, just roller skating down the road. Uh, only in Biden's America, you know. And don't forget... Bernie Sanders said that bread lines are a good thing. This government dependency is a good thing. I like, J.D., that you used the word scarcity because all of this stuff is calculated risk, okay? The, these global elite, many of them are bona fide geniuses. Unfortunately, instead of being like a Jordan Peterson, they're evil geniuses. They're using their powers for evil, literally. And at this point, guys... We know COVID-19 was a sham. It was a complete hoax. It was obviously developed in the lab named after the virus in China uh, and released on the world. Uh, and, you know, released is kind of, kind of a stretch because it just as an illness, it's not that bad. I'm sure I've had COVID like eight or nine times already. Uh, I was aware of it once. I've not been PCR tested at all. Um, if I'm sticking anything up my nose, it's probably going to be one of my small children's fingers because they like to try and poke my brain. Um, but the thing is, COVID-19, I think, was a test. Let's see how much control we can get over these people. Let's see how much of their freedoms. Let's see how afraid we can get people and, and what they'll let us do. You know, 9-11 happens. Now we've got DHS, TSA, butt probing everyone at the airport. Uh, you know, oh, okay. They'll, they'll let us do this. COVID happens and they'll say, oh, well, let's see if they'll let us shutter their businesses, mask their children, close churches and schools, but leave strip clubs open uh, because, you know, we'll do contactless lap dances. Now they, they know that the American fighting spirit is gone. They know that we are a nation of cowards and we're easily controlled. And now they're making the play for food. And, you know, if you, if you were afraid of a largely common cold type illness, then people will truly cower to the government and do whatever it is that they want when there aren't, you know, when there's no food on the shelf, uh, when refrigerators are empty, when we're having, you know, I don't know if you're in the part of California that has these rolling blackouts, but, you know, when we're having an energy crisis, we're having a water crisis, people are looking at their kids and how to get them bathed and fed. Uh, the, the government has us over the barrel. Uh, and it's it's going to get bad. And the question is, is it weeks and months or is it years? I Do you see that there's any avoiding it at this point? Only with the hand of God, I think. Because right now, you know, if we were facing, you know, I go back to Ephesians 6, 12. If we were fighting against men, we would beat this because the fighting spirit is there. But there seems to be a strong delusion that's coming over, whether it's because of COVID, which as you pointed out, you know, you, you called it a test. I look at it as like a dress rehearsal, but also with a secondary a secondary um, purpose of essentially, you know, setting the bar. Okay, so ninety nine point nine nine three percent recovery rate for people under forty lockdowns. Okay, so what happens when now we got hemorrhage? We, we can round or, down to ninety nine percent. Exactly. Fair. Fair enough. But what happens when we get hemorrhagic fever, which has a ninety five percent recovery rate? If we were willing to lock down for something that just doesn't generally kill young and healthy people then of course we're going to lock down for hemorrhagic fever or if monkeypox turns into a real thing or 
or whatever they've got, coronavirus, you know, COVID-23, I don't know. I don't know what's next. And I don't know if there's even going to be anything next. It could just be, oh, you know, variant Omicron or whatever comes of, of COVID. We do know that they did two things. As you said, they established that we, we, I didn't think it would happen, okay? If there's one silver lining, it's the wake-up call, okay? Oh, you know, you, you asked me in 2019, hey, there's going to be a disease that has you know, pretty much a, a very strong recovery rate. Trump's in office. Everything's looking good. You know, they're going to want to try to lock it down. I said, brother, it won't happen. This is what I would have said in 2019. I said, no chance. No chance we would destroy the economy, lock it down for a year and a half, two years, force people to go to... <laughs> They go to strip clubs, but they can't go to church, as you said. That's ridiculous. The American fighting spirit will kick in. And then we're like, hello, guys. You know, I'm showing up. Okay, I'm not kidding. I'm showing up at the city council for what I thought was going to be a rally against the. Uh, no, it wasn't a rally. Okay. There were like nine of us. And it's like, um, you know, when we were, when this same group was meeting like two months ago, Okay, to talk about uh, primaries and and owning the libs and all that stuff, we had like 400 people. Now all of a sudden it's like, hey, let's go to City Hall. No, no, nobody's there. So yes, I I I don't know if you want to call it a silver lining or at least a a realization of reality. But I did learn at that point, and what we've all learned over the last two and a half years, that if we're going to rely on our fellow patriots, a lot of them aren't going to show up. Okay, and they they really solidified that with January sixth. Okay, after January sixth, events, patriotic events after January sixth, were generally just not very well attended. Even Trump events, they don't want to talk about it, but Trump events have had a decline. It's not much; you can't tell because they're still packing it. But instead of an overflow of six, ten, fifteen thousand people outside, they're packing it in, and then maybe there's a few stragglers who get stuck in the parking lot. But for the most part, there's fewer people out there, and if they're not going to rallies. Are they really going to help once the government says martial law, you know, red lines and, uh, you know, gas shortages, rolling blackouts across the country, uh, no, you know, water rationing? These things are coming, folks. And as we keep saying over and over again, is it weeks? Probably not, but it could be. Is it months? Maybe. Is it a year or maybe two? I would put that in probably the 60, 70% range as far as when this stuff is going to really start going down, when the crap is really going to start hitting the fan. Yeah, so we don't have a crystal ball, guys, but it's definitely going to happen. Speaking of rallies, if you are on, you know, if you're an East Coaster, maybe you find yourself in the Mid-Atlantic region, I am going to be at the Reawaken America tour stop with Clay Clark in Virginia Beach. I'm talking July 8th and 9th. Well, really, I'll be there 7, 8, 9, 10. Uh, but guys, tickets are on sale right now. Everyone and their brother is going to be there. You know, you can see here General Flynn, uh, Mike Lindell, Clay Clark, the Joe Mobley of the Joe Mobley Show is going to be there. Um, so all you got to do to get tickets to that, it's uh, as of this moment, they're not sold out. But as you can see, many of the, the stops there are sold out. All you got to do to get tickets, go to thejoemobleyshow.com slash events, events with an S at the end, guys, and get your ticket. Uh, that's going to be in Virginia Beach. If you can't make it to the Virginia Beach stop, there's going to be one in Rochester, New York, and there are two uh, more Reawaken America tour stops in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, my old stomping grounds. If you want 
a saucy shirt like the one I'm wearing now. The only place to get it is thejimobleshow.com. Uh, make sure you go to the main page so you can uh, get that discount code, guys. And look, I I agree with everything uh, that you're saying here. The fighting spirit is gone. Uh, you know, Dave Ramsey, everyone from Dave Ramsey to, um, you know, your outspoken pastor to even some pundits are saying this is the wussification uh, of the American male. Um, and I think, you know, talking to Bill Cook, I think that it did start uh, with pastors. There's been a serious uh, declawing, if you will, of American pastors who fought the revolution, you know, the black regimen, uh, the black robe regimen types, uh, the first military units to be filled to capacity, um, not battalions, but uh, regiments. I think it was 300 men. Uh, the first ones were all commanded by colonial pastors and they were filled with congregants. That is, you know, this image behind me, you know, uh, George Washington and the gang, you know, we call them white supremacists today, but they actually weren't. Uh, many of them clergy and almost all of them churchgoers. We are not those people anymore. We're beaten down. We're beaten down and we cannot ignore the gun control rhetoric that's out there. Guys, the gun control stuff is not about stopping crime. Look, if it was about stopping crime, then these wouldn't be the most violent cities in the world in the US, uh, these, these liberal mavens. If it was about stopping crime, we wouldn't have these problems. You know, this, this guy out here, you already know that this guy lives in one of these leftist hellholes um, because he's got to pump gas with a pistol out. Like, that... <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're dealing with here. I mean, we're dealing. Oh, sorry. This is just a, a sex offender uh, getting uh, uh, getting money from a small child at Drag Queen. Uh, not even Story Hour now. Now it's just strip teases. But this is the ultimate aim. In case you're confused, I don't want you to miss the point. You know, get your tinfoil hat back out. The point is government control. This is what a disarmed society looks like. The guys with the guns, they're the government. The guys on the receiving end of the guns, that's you. That's you and I. That's you, casual listener. Uh, liberals, you know, you're out there and you're laughing and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm part of the ruling class. No, you're not, brother. You're in there. You're in that gulag with us. Uh, we go first because we're the only ones with the hope of fighting back. And then you are the second one in line to the concentration camp. It's the only thing. I mean, you know, JD brought it up. There's nothing new under the sun. Get the book. It's the only thing that has happened from the beginning of time, from the garden till the second coming. I promise you, government has always grown larger. Individuals have always grown smaller. And like, this is it. It is. The Fed is breathing down the stock market's neck. Investors are unloading risks like you wouldn't believe. Don't take my word for it. Just pull up your investment account and watch your portfolio go down like a fuel meter in a car with a hole in the gas tank. Despite widespread agreement that inflation was not going to happen, Bidenomics has swept the nation and has met one thing and one thing only, out of control inflation. Energy costs are up, fuel costs are up, rent, mortgages are up, and gas has risen to heights never reached in our nation's more than 240-year history. 
Maybe you thought crypto was the answer. Today, crypto is in a full-blown crash, with Bitcoin down 75% from its $68,000 yearly high, setting around $21,000 today. Guys, Forbes says a crypto winter is coming. This is bad, really bad. Before you throw up your hands in utter frustration, grab your cell phone and text Mobley to 989898. Once you do that, help is delivered directly to your phone in the form of a free info kit from Birch Gold. No one knows precious metals investing like the experts over at Birch Gold, and they're standing by ready to guide you through rolling over your traditional IRA or 401k into their tax-sheltered precious metals IRAs. Guys, you got to do this today. Text Mobley to 989898 to learn how. Help is just a text away. Text Mobley to 989898 before it's too late. Listen, I've got thousands and thousands of followers on social media, and maybe you're one of them. Maybe you're on Twitter, Getter, Truth, Facebook, who knows? Maybe you've sent me a message and you never heard back. Maybe you wish there were a more exclusive app where I posted my most personal interactions, did Zoom hangouts and other things with fans of the show. That's exactly what's happening over in my Locals community. Locals is a social media platform you need to join and join today. Locals is the first social media platform built not just for users, but for content creators as well. They know creators like me want to own our content, speak freely, and interact with our audience. Really connect. That's you. Join my Locals community today by downloading the Locals app and searching for Joe Mobley or going to thejoemobleyshow.com slash locals. If you want to experience the internet done right, get exclusive access to content, discount codes, early product launches, and more, join my Locals community today, thejoemobleyshow.com slash locals. So here are some things we know. We know Joe Biden is doing a terrible job as president. We know gas prices are so high, used bike sales have gone through the roof. We know inflation is continuing to drive our economy into the ground. We also know Mike Lindell over at MyPillow makes the best pillows on the market. But I bet you didn't know this. MyPillow has hundreds of products that aren't even pillows. While poor leadership in the White House is causing prices to soar in virtually every industry, Mike and his team at MyPillow are working hard to do just the opposite. In fact, if you go to MyPillow.com slash Mobley right now, you'll see just what I'm talking about. Pillows, bathrobes, sleepwear, and more at record low prices. You worked hard to help Mike defeat cancel culture. Now he's working hard to help you get the best quality products for the absolute lowest price. Go to www.mypillow.com slash Mobley or type in promo code Mobley anywhere on the website. Mobley is spelled M-O-B-L-E-Y. Go to mypillow.com slash Mobley and save today. We're at the end of the line here. It's not a platitude that America is the last best hope. You know, once this domino falls, the world turns to crap quick. Uh, so I don't know how I got on that rant. You said something that sent me down that rant, man. 
I, I make people rant all the time. I, it, sometimes I don't even, I could just be talking about lunch and all of a sudden you get random people come up to me and say, no way, man, you're wearing a red hat, pop. And it's just, you know, it's just oh, my life. Man. So I left my red hat downstairs. It's okay. I have firearms. Yeah, at least you brought uh, your Bible. Okay. You can leave the red hat, bring yeah. the Bible. Okay. Ecclesiastes, as you, as you noted. So, so yeah, it is, you know, it's been a good run. Okay. Nearly a quarter millennium. <laughs> it's probably longer than, than a lot of people would have thought we've done great folks. You know, it was a great streak, just like the, the, uh, <laughs> Just like the uh, who was it, the uh, Oakland A's and and uh, twenty games that was a great streak, but everything comes to an end. Even though at this point it should look, you're right. You know, and this is why the push to take down the Second Amendment is so important. This is why I actually did a rant. I had to apologize to some people. Okay, I got I got called out a bit for saying, look, if you're going after crime as a reason to defend the Second Amendment, you're doing it wrong. Okay, this is about fighting tyranny. It's always been about fighting tyranny. It's just you know, and I and Anyway, I got addressed essentially by by some prominent people, one of them privately, one of them publicly, who they're like, you know, I get it and I agree with you, but but if we're not going to reach your average Joe by talking about tyranny because their their head is in the sand, they don't realize that tyranny is an issue. They don't. I, they, I nobody... gotta put up my most popular tweet ever. I'm so proud that this is the one. Uh, yeah, the AR-15 is not for hunting vermin or squirrels or hogs or whatever. Weapons are for hunting tyrannical governments, period. That's what stands in the gap between their control agenda and your freedom is that firearm. That's what they're for. Absolutely. Not for Absolutely. not for individual self-defense. Someone comes and kicks in my door right now. Yes, I'm going to blow them away. You know, granted. Uh, yeah. Do I enjoy probably, shooting? Probably with yes. a... Uh... Probably with like a nine millimeter or a forty-five or something, you know. The AR-15 well, the is, is fighting tyranny. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah. That's I mean, right. that's, I that's, that's, all that's the way over true. there. You know, I, I can't oh, be bothered with that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. I have to go to the uh, to the fireplace where I have mine hidden in my virtual uh, metaverse behind me. So, because um, <laughs> I'm in California, I have to hide it. That's the sad part. Yeah, I don't really. That's 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 a bad joke. Anyway, no, they are. You know, that's the last straw. And you know, when I say it could be weeks, could be months, could be years, the only reason it's not absolutely positively right now is because of the Second Amendment. If they are able to disarm us, and that's a tall task when we consider the hundreds of millions of firearms in households across America. But if they were able to disarm uh, all or most of us, then they wouldn't have to worry about timing about easing us into shortages, about easing us in and normalizing scarcity, water rations and, and medical rations. We haven't talked about that at all. You know, they wouldn't have to worry about that. They would just say, okay, well, you know, we need to push for the great reset. The capitalism is dead. And so, you know, we're going to try this. Socialism has never been tried, folks. We're going to try this, this new democratic socialism. It's, it's neo-Marxism, but we're going to call it democratic socialism. Folks, that would have already happened, okay? The only reason they know that they can't do it yet is because we will fight back, okay? We didn't fight back. We were, we were talking about the American spirit being, uh, fighting spirit being kind of kind of dead. And that's when it comes to our rights. Number one, there could be a revival of that. And I think we're in the process of trying to make that happen. You know, fool me once, shame on you. And I'm not going to quote Bush on how he ended it. But, you know, we did get fooled through COVID. Maybe next time we won't be. I'm hopeful of that. 
But number two, and this is probably the, the biggest takeaway, or the most important takeaway from all this, is that if, if they push it that far, if they really try to start getting into martial law and actual control, Venezuela style conditions, Chinese style policies, Iranian style persecution, North Korean style whatever. I mean, anything North Korean is, is essentially bad. But if they start going down that road, then we will see, I think, the full-on revival of that American fighting spirit. And it requires the Second Amendment. Otherwise, we're just sheep. And it's going to get nasty. Now, look, I've worn all the uniforms, law enforcement, military. Uh, in normal conditions, I am a back-the-blue type person. But guys, all atrocities have been committed by governments at the hand of either militaries and military states or police and police states. And I got to tell you, it is a sad day for law enforcement. I mean, where, uh, uh, what's his name, wrote the book One Vote Away. You got to realize that just one less than half of the United States Supreme Court justices uh, have opined in their dissenting opinions that you as an American, you don't have a fundamental right to own a firearm not for target shooting, not for self-defense, not for anything. They say that the Second Amendment uh, only applies to military, to militia, that the, Second, that the Constitution doesn't grant a private citizen the right to own a firearm. They're saying in their opinions, if we have it our way, when we have the court, when they pack the court, or who the heck knows, when they use political violence to get rid of conservative justices um, who just side with the Constitution, not with political ideology, you know, uh, um, Clarence Thomas, he's he's not, you know, he's not a political operative. Brett Kavanaugh, uh, Amy Comey Barrett, they're not political operatives. They side with the Constitution, period. When they're gone, if they're gone, God forbid something happens to them, your firearms are gone. And the, the funny thing is the Constitution, this is a, this is a liberal bait and switch that they do. They've already opined that the Constitution does not grant in the right to an individual to own a firearm, but the Constitution doesn't forbid individuals to own a firearm. So they're going to go to the faulty conclusion that no one can own firearms. When the Constitution doesn't say you can do it, it's inherently a state's right. It's an unenumerated right. It goes to the people. It goes to the states. They're going to try and pull a prime minister blackface uh, and pack the court Mark my words, when when COVID-23 comes along for, you know, the next election, they're going to try and pack the court and make it so uh, there's a mandatory buyback or some bullcrap like that. And like J.D. said, there are more guns than people in this country. And it's not a couple of right-wingers that have 40 or 100 or 1,000 firearms. 44% of homes in America have a firearm in them. And it's not white nationalists. 39% of black households have a firearm. Largest demographic of people to become first-time firearm owners after 2020, summer of love, bullcrap, violence, killing, pillaging out you know, in Washington and Oregon. Largest demographic of first-time firearm owners are black women, black men following suit. We are not we are not going to be capable of turning the firearms in. There's, there's no, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't do it. There are not enough police. There are not enough federal agencies to even facilitate that if we wanted to. Um, so I don't think that's something that's going to happen. Are we on the road to revolution? I hope not.
There are people calling for it. Guys, that is bad. Uh, that is real bad. I don't think we're voting our way out of this, but we need to... I, I think federalism is the answer. Maybe I'm naive. I think that states need to uh, fortify themselves. And that brings me to something um, before we get into, I forget what the last topic is. Uh, well, we got to talk about uh, rhinos and the, the party, and we are going to talk about medicine. But a lot of people are calling for a convention of states, maybe a USA 1 and 2, these, you know, a, a red USA and a blue USA. Um, Total cold topic here, but what what are your thoughts about that? How that would go? Well, oh, that's great. So over the years, I've been uh, I've had conversations with with people on both sides. Okay, there are those who are adamantly in support of a uh, convention of states, and there are obviously those who conservatives. And I'm not talking about leftists. I'm talking about conservatives who are adamantly opposed to it for the sake of the risk of what they call a runaway convention. Over the last two years, I've come to the conclusion that, well, we'll say really three years, because I guess it really was even before COVID. I've come to the conclusion that if there is a risk for runaway convention, so be it, because there are changes that need to be made. We need to, as you, you know, you invoke the 10th Amendment, you invoke federalism and states' rights, we need that to be uh, addressed. And it cannot be addressed through legislation, uh, not at the, the national level. It's like saying, hey, guys, you got a lot of power, but we need you guys to give some of it back, okay? So you've taken too much, you know, really since FDR, it's been this, this uh, slippery slope, as we warned, it's been the slippery slope of consolidation of power in D.C. So the states, because we are a United States of America, we need to take some back. So we're going to go to limited government federalism. We're going to, um, to invoke our 10th Amendment. We're going to do everything we can to try to stop, you know, this this expansion of power in D.C. And you're asking people to do this, right? You're like, hey, you know, it's this is, uh, this is uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, your opportunity to do the right thing. They're not going to do it. The only way that we can actually make this happen in wholesale is through a convention of states, in my humble opinion. So I do support it. I understand the risks, okay? I don't, I'm not trying to say, oh, it's going to be perfect. We have to do something. And the only way that we can for sure be able to do that, and I say for sure, but the, the best chance that we can do that is through a convention of states. Let's get some good amendments in there. I'd love to see a balanced budget amendment, but the bottom line is the biggest one we need, we need to have reduction of power in DC, reduction of consolidation, reduction of centralization is probably the better way to put it. And let's get back to local, okay? Let's abolish unnecessary government entities. Like I mean, when you have a former secretary of education saying we need to get rid of the, the uh, education department, Okay. Yes, absolutely. And it's not, that's not the only one. I'm not going to be a pull a Rick Perry from 2012 and try to list all the ones that I would get rid of, but yeah, I mean, we could energy EPA. Oh, if I, agencies. if I ever run for, you know, high office, my platform is these, I'm just signing, you know, not affidavits. I'm, I'm signing notarized statements of these are the executive administrative agencies that I'm getting rid of IRS I put them on a year-long notice. Yeah. I mean, they pre-investigate people for crimes. They show up at your door and they don't even show up at your door. They send you a letter that says, prove to us that you haven't committed a crime or we throw you in jail um, because, you know, we set the rules and we're our own enforcement authority. ATF, look, I used to work with a lot of you guys, uh, FBI, you know, sorry, not sorry, getting rid of you guys, the Department of Injustice, 
sorry. <laughs> like, and I would Nobody just sign, sorry. I'd sign these notarized statements like, hey, you know, this talk about keeping campaign promises. That's something the executive can unilaterally through, do. Congress is on board because until the next major appropriation cycle, they get to do with those budget, you know, surpluses what they will, which means they'd give themselves a raise and some of that money would fall into black budgets, which falls into Nancy Pelosi's pockets and no one ever sees again. Uh, yeah, I mean, talk about bipartisan. I would get more votes than Donald Trump and uh, Biden combined just on that. And I'd do it and then I'd get out of there. I would resign because... uh or would someone else prop those agencies back up? Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think it could be worth the risk. I think we need to see. I think we need to see some tremendous uh, change that's beyond legislative change, but probably some constitutional change. Some things need to. Um, what we need to have, and I, I hate how Hamilton's narrative is out there and this like fake. Uh, fake historical narrative, uh, thanks to uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. But we need, like Larry Arn, Hillsdale-style re-education, reawakening of constitutional truths. We need, like, a Federalist Papers for today. Like, we need a refresh of that headed into a convention and to double down on constitutional republicanism, uh, because, man, they've kicked our butts, man. Like, they, one of their major campaigns was getting everyone to believe that the U.S. is a democracy and we're the Democrat Party. So the other party is obviously anti-democracy. They're anti-American. And it's like, you bastards. Every man, woman, and child knew that this was a republic for the first 150 years. And the last 100 years, we, we got got. <laughs> We got got, man. Well, we're we're slow. That's bottom line is, you know, when people ask how can they pull the wool over our eyes so much, there's two reasons. Number one is that we are slow to respond. We look at things from the perspective of, you know, is this an issue? No, not yet. Okay. Are they trying to make it an issue? Yes, but logic, reason tells us that people will see, will recognize this as not an issue, so we don't have to worry about that. Then all of a sudden, we have, for example, critical race theory. People were talking about critical race theory a decade ago, ringing the alarm bells. And you know what the response was for most conservatives? Nobody's stupid enough to fall for that, okay? That was the response. Same thing with, with LGBTQIA plus supremacy. Like, I'm all for equality. But this whole concept of, of you know, you bring up the, uh, we've seen the transition from drag queen story hour to now just drag queen dancing, putting on a show for kids, what's next? Kids being in the drag queen, the drag shows, and we're already seeing some of that manifest. You would have, if you would have asked somebody, again, five years ago, a decade ago, you know, do you think they're going to let drag drag queens do, uh, do shows for kids? No. no, of course not. Not a concern. It'll never happen, not here in America. We got to stop waiting for it to happen before we say, oh, crap, it happened. Well, we better do something about it now. But number two, and this is the most important part, is that we tend to deal with right now, okay? Whether it's from our biblical understanding for a lot of conservatives or whether it's just from, from you know, the practical perspective, we deal with what's happening today. We need to fix the problem that we're faced with today. We make our plans based on that. When you look at the left, especially the radical left, they make their plans based on years, mm -hmm. decades, 
sometimes even centuries, and they they roll it out slowly. They don't look okay. They're not sitting there back in 1912 thinking, how do we make how do we make people think that this uh, country is a democracy? How do we make them think that by next week or next month or next year? They're thinking, how do we eventually? over the decades, make people stop calling this a constitutional republic and start calling it a democracy, which will benefit us as the party that has the Democrat moniker. They, they think along those terms. We don't. We need to, but we don't. Yeah, so Jay Short, 88, longtime friend of the show. Thanks for watching on Rumble Brother. He brings up a good point. I can't pull up the comment for you guys because, you know, the StreamYard problem. Uh, but he's he's disagreeing on the convention of states. Uh, he says the Article 5 push is a Soros ploy. Um, and here's why. It says the last convention was in 1787. We had statesmen then. Uh, now our politicians are bought and paid for. Uh, and the country's not in a good place to rewrite the Constitution. That's I, I hear that concern often. Um, and it is a serious one because, I mean, think we've got freshman Congress people like AOC, and it just, it shocked me to the core that AOC wrote the Green New Deal and even published, not because she's an idiot, and she is, but because that's not something a freshman Congress person does is propose a nationwide, wide-sweeping policy like piece of legislation. That's just not something that's done. And the fact that the squad came, you know, to power and and we're hearing from them at the highest levels, pushed to the forefront. It's just like, that's not how this works. And that's the concern that makes it into, you know, the convention of states. Like, is it going to be you and I going or is it going to be AOC and Tlaib? And like, uh, Look. so... What's the uh, what's the commenter's name again? Jay Short. Jay Short. So, hundred percent agree with you, Jay Short. Look, this is one of those situations. Convention of States to me is it's a you know in case of massive emergency, break glass. Otherwise, leave it out there because it's an axe or it's a fire extinguisher. It's going to to do destruction. We are at risk for sure. The question. To me, it comes down to this. When, if and when we ever get to the point, and we might be at that point today, but if, if and when we ever get to the point to where the trajectory that we're on with the current state of affairs is irreparable and irreversible with anything other than drastic measures, and, you know, and then we can look at what those drastic measures are, but we don't get, we don't get desperate until there's a, a true need for desperation. We try to work through the system. I'm content, contending that at least for you know, maybe the last year, year or so, Maybe we are at that point to where if we don't make a desperate move, that we're we're going to we're going to fail no matter what. We're we're approaching that 98, 99% certainty. I don't know where we are. Are we at 40%, 50%, 60%? I don't know. And I don't even know where the threshold is to where you actually have to break the glass. This is why, you know, you brought it up, the Convention of States. That's something that I don't normally talk about because I'm not, it's not something where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, we've got to, I've got to be an activist for this. I look at it as I would support one today. I don't know if it's the right decision. I don't know if if we don't do that or some other drastic measure. I don't know if we're going to be able to survive. Well, just have uh, to see. Along it's not those at the top lines, of the list. Yeah, along those lines, and this is exactly the kind of thing that gets you put in YouTube jail. And FBI, I'm already on their list anyway because I disagreed with the school board. Um, I NSA. But I can't say 
listen, violence is always on the table. Am I calling for political violence? No. Am I allowed to? Because I'm conservative? Of course not. You know, you can call for political violence if you're a leftist lunatic. Um, is revolution off the table? Of course not. No, there are plenty of things that the government can do uh, that would, that my response to that would be violence. Uh, showing up at my door and trying to force inject my kids with not even the COVID vaccine, but anything, they're going to be met with violence. I, if you're a deputy or a social worker or a CDC person in a clown suit, I don't care. And there are a lot of people that are peckish about that. I am not peckish about that. I am. I was born free. I will die free. And I'm telling you guys, I do. I think there's going to be a revolution. No. Do I think there's going to be a convention of states? No. Um, a lot of people disagree with me here, but I. What I think we need is a a, a, a great awakening again. I, I think. Um, I think that we need conservatives. We don't need to start a new party. I think we need to invade the Republican Party. Uh, the Freedom Caucus needs to be the rule, not the exception. And I think we need to push every rhino out. Um, and I know it can be done because William F. Buckley Jr. He graduates from Yale. You know, he writes God and Men at Yale. He kind of becomes this prominent uh, conservative figure. But what he did was reawaken the conservative spirit, redefined it from what it had been becoming. It was getting stale. It was getting a little amorphous. We need, I don't know if it's Charlie Kirk or Shapiro and the gang. I don't care who it is. We need someone to, maybe it's Donald Trump after it's sure that he is or is not running or whatever. We need someone to re ignite the conservative flame and to extinguish these rhinos like succinctly. No place here in the party. You guys just retire and write your stupid books and go on your stupid tours and kiss babies and, and have your weird, creepy sort of sex parties and whatnot. Um, that's what I think we need. Will it happen? Who the heck knows? Uh, so we, we are short on time. We've got about four, five minutes. I know that you're, you're broadcasting here soon. Um, we can touch on the medical of it all, or we can keep driving down this road. I will leave that to you. Good. So, yes, I've always said, and this is long before even just recent years, I've always said that the most important elections are the most important vote, the most important time to campaign is during primary season, because if you keep getting rhinos in there, it's not going to make much of a difference. Will it help in some ways? Do I want a Republican to defeat a Democrat? Sure. But I am more doggish, more bullish about making sure that conservatives defeat, defeat rhinos. This gun control that we're, we're facing, that we're looking at from the Senate, could go through the House, could get signed on, on Joe Biden's desk. We could have the first major gun control laws on the books in decades. And this is happening because of rhinos, because of Mitch McConnell. Okay, He picked out 10 people. He needed 10 to beat the filibuster. He picked out 10 of them, 10 people that none of them are running for re-election. In 2022, I remember when, our, when when the news broke, I saw all these these uh, comments. Oh, you know, we got to vote these guys out. We got to vote these guys out. Four of the people that are going to be that that, that uh, put this out there, four of the Republican senators that put out the gun control are retiring. They're already out. Okay, they they pulled a McCain. You know, McCain uh, got rid of uh, kept us from being able to get rid of Obamacare. Why? Because McConnell said, "Hey, uh, I need you to do one more one more." Uh, my thing, you know, and that's what happened. So he goes to these four, he finds six more, none of which, none of whom are running in 2022. They all have time 
to fix their record, make people forget, hope that things are, are better, you know, in 24, 26, whenever, okay? That's, that's the hope. And this is, the, this is why we have to focus on getting rid of the rhinos. And you're absolutely right. We have to do it by leading a new movement. I don't know who that is, okay? I have problems with Charlie Kirk. So I agree with 95% of what he says. But there's things that he says I don't agree with. Same with Shapiro. Same with everybody, okay? We can't start looking for 100% agreement. I don't agree with everything Trump says or DeSantis or anybody else. I don't agree with everything I say. So how am I supposed <laughs> to agree with anybody else? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We have to come together. And when we're looking for individuals, we're looking for the next William F. Buckley Jr., I don't think we should. I think we need to start looking for a group and organization. We always are focusing on the individual, on the individual. I say, well, let's focus on the individuals within a group. And this group can be some sort of movement, some sort of American conservative movement. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, it's not, don't take that the wrong way and say, oh, you're talking about the American conservative union. No, no, I'm not. Um, no, that, that's, that's going down the wrong direction. We need something. Now, as far as medicine, and like I said, bottom line there is that to get rid of the rhinos, we have to have to focus on the primaries. It just disgusts me when we see good, hardworking, America first, patriotic conservatives get beaten by rhinos, get beaten by former Democrats or even full current Democrats, you know, during the Republican primary. It makes no sense to me. Last part about the medicine. This is the warning to your audience. I've said it's my audience. It's, it's a, a great way to end this show today. Medicine is going to be the way they control us. We see what, you know, we've talked about bread lines. We've talked about, you know, uh, water rationing and energy, bl rolling blackouts. We've talked about all these things, but not, a lot of people don't realize that medicine is going to be the key to be able to force people. You, you're going to get people out there. It's like, oh, no, no, you know, I'm not going to stand in the bread line because I've got six years worth of food stored away. No, no, no. I've got yeah. my own well. Something, I've got, I've got something like 60% of the population depend on medicines to, to live for like the next exactly. 90 days. Exactly. And so, you know, you might be, they, they know that they'll be able to, there's going to be people that hold out that aren't going to, to jump on the program. But then when you, when you take control of the medicine, you make it to where medicine only goes to those people who are compliant, when it's rationed, when it's controlled completely through a public-private partnership with the various big pharma companies, which we're already seeing established, at that point, people will have to choose. Do I live as a slave or do I die as a free person? Because I'm going to die if I try to go, if I try to remain free. They're going to put that choice in front of people. And I don't know what people can do. So I, the only thing I can say is like, if you have medicine that's crucial in your life, do the research. Find alternatives you can, if you can't stock up. You know, in a lot of cases, you can just ask your doctor, hey, you know, I wouldn't say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a revolution. Can you, can you give me an extra year's worth <laughs> of uh, prescriptions? No. But you can't say, hey, you know, supply chain, uh, I'm, I'm problems concerned. with the economy, <laughs> whatever's happening out there. You know, you usually give me a three months or a month supply. Can, can I store it for longer? You know, can I, if I put it in the refrigerator, could you give me a year supply, two year supply, however long? What if it's, you know, if things go really bad and there's, you know, and this is you asking your doctor, if things go really bad, you know, how bad is it if I take a half dose every day? You know, talk to the doctor, have dialogue. Again, not telling them that you're going to be part of a revolution or that you think the government is going to try to, to kill us all, but tell them that you have concerns because of the state of the world. Just you know, don't lie to them, but tell them that you have concerns because that's true. And if they, if they press them, they, hopefully if they're a good doctor, they'll tell you, sure, 
you know, this is this stuff you keep in the refrigerator last six months. I'll go ahead and, and get you a six month supply. And then you just keep rotating so that at least you'll have six months where you're not having to make the final decision. Do I rely on my government? Do I become a slave or can I live as a free man or woman? So and Joe, it's been for, for you being on person. Thanks, JD. People are thinking that this is impossible. You need to realize you're old enough to remember when doctors and nurses and the medical establishment was refusing treatment to people who did not get an experimental emergency use authorization only jab. You you saw that at your own hospitals and at your own clinic. So if you think that this can't happen, uh, you're 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 just ill-informed. You're not ill-informed. We just told you. You're just being stupid. Uh, so guys, that's it. Uh, I'm Joe Mobley. This is The Joe Mobley Show. Uh, JD's show is The JD Rucker Show. Guys, go on Rumble and watch it. Uh, where are you for... How, how often... Tell us about your show and where people can uh, see you. Monday through Friday, uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm also on Red State Talk Radio if you want to hear the audio. And of course, um, on Rumble... It uh, gets uploaded to Variety on Monday through Friday, uh, 2.05 uh, Eastern time. So 11.05 Eastern. So in about six minutes. I'm not going to be doing a video today. Um, I'm just going to be going on Red State, and then I'll upload it to the podcast later. Just because I couldn't pass the opportunity to be on Joe's show. I, I couldn't do it, man. <laughs> well, so, I appreciate it, brother. Me. Everyone, go over and listen to JD's show. The links are going to be right under our heads right down here. Uh, So that's it. Hope you guys have a good one. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.